Hey guys, so it is 7.50 in the morning. Please bear with me for this segment because it just came to me last night and uh, while I was uh, on the bus. So the title of this segment will be called Running. Um, I chose to title it Running because I'm hoping... I can convey what it's like to have this gift on you. A lot of you have been told you have a gift, right? And maybe you're not clear about the gift. Or you're not clear about how to utilize the gift. Or you're experiencing some type of blockage that isn't allowing you to channel that gift and use it and execute it. So I'm hoping I'm able to convey or paint uh, what exactly channeling the gift looks like and how we sometimes run from it because of what it requires us to do and I'm hoping I'm able to share a lot of my experience so that way you can relate to it as always I don't mind bearing myself I mean I have to bear it one day in front of everybody so here it goes so first off I want to ask you guys something to be anointed and I'm not trying to single people out when I say to be anointed but big brother Jesus to bring people to the cross, right? So, how many of you knew as a child that you had this extensive job that required you to dedicate not 24-7 of your time, but 25-8 of your life? How many of you knew early? How many of you knew because the voice was so loud? How many of you knew that it would require you to literally get stripped down to nothing <laughs> to serve others? How many of you knew that? So me, I knew since I was a small kid, like God called me so early, y'all. And it was crazy because in hindsight, <laughs> I'm at the bus stop before I got on to record with y'all. I said to myself, I ain't never asked for that. <laughs> I never asked. But that's the thing when God calls you, it has nothing to do with you, uh, you know, just being this hot girl, this hot guy. It, it, it's so about God's mission. Because if you ask me, I was saying to God before I recorded this morning, why would you want a sinner like me? I hit him with the Moses. Why can't you ask somebody else? Like, I'm a sinner. I, I, I've lied. I've cheated. I've stolen. I've scammed. I've done all these things. Well, why would you want me? And then it occurred to me, God's lens, he sees beyond our heart. He sees He sees the world at a different view. Of course he loves me. Of course he wants to give me a try and use me. Sorry, guys. So if it was a little foggy, it's because I was at the station. I'm going to have to get a mic. 
I had a mic, but I lost it and I lost my place. But um, hopefully it's a little quieter. I'm on my little trail by my house. It's a little track that I go on. So um, yeah, maybe you can hear me better. But just to um, piggyback off of what I was saying before I had to pause, um, God can see us beyond our own lengths, obviously. So, you know, God sees us from angles that are just so beautiful to him. Like, he, he created all of mankind. Like, I think he knew what he was doing, and he had a reason for it, and he admires it. That's why he brought it to life. So, with that being said, to those he's entrusted with the gift, to whom is given, much is required. And you've heard that before, but, you know, maybe we haven't had a lot of people dissect what that means for us. I know I'm still learning it. So, so much is expected of you with this gift. Like, God expects you to literally emulate him. I was thinking today, um, still allowing things from the past to um, weigh me down. Not because I don't have what it takes. I'm going to be honest with you guys. My flesh will not let me accept the gift, accept myself, accept my role. And, you know, just accept that this person is a human and they're doing human things and they have a chance for redemption like i do i'm gonna be real with you that's that's the scenario here so we have a situation where i had mentioned before through your affliction that's where your gift and your calling is and that's where you are to work so if you had a situation where maybe somebody violated you <clears throat> humility will come in where god has to turn around and reach back out to that person but not to shame them but to help them i i'm having difficulty in that area i'm gonna be honest with you because you know when things happen to me and in my world in my opinion my worldly opinion when the violation is so extreme in my head i'm giving myself permission to do away with the situation in the person and you know, I've made a habit out of that. I'm done with something. I'm just going to X you off. You don't exist. You don't have to worry about me anymore. I'll leave you alone. And I think God has been very frustrated with me in that area because he knows he's given me a heart to those circumstances. And I refuse to go and heal. Like many of us, we all have healing factors. And sometimes we get so turned off from a worldly standpoint that we don't even polish those gifts. So therefore they sit on the shelf and we forget that we even have them. We probably don't even remember because we're so fixated on what the world says about people that fall short. Like for example, we've had people that are homeless. Like no matter of fact, forget that. Um, I was on Facebook this morning and I saw something that said, um, Oh, evictions have started. Hey, y'all, rent is real. No dip. No freaking dip is real. But I, I, I don't appreciate this person making it seem like that he knows the full circumstance of why this person's getting evicted. He's like, um, oh, yeah, you know, surely this is because the person was being irresponsible. Well, let me enlighten you, sir. First of all, we're, we're in the middle of a pandemic still. Okay, the unemployment rate is out of this world. Not to mention mental illness, um, having disabilities. Those all come into play 
when we're thinking of um, a person neglecting responsibilities. What able-bodied person of sound mind would neglect their responsibilities and purposely um, put themselves in a position to lose? Who would do that? No one. As greedy as we humans are, you really think a person would deliberately do that? Come on. Like, get real. Like, are you so, is your head so stuck in your behind that you think your brothers and sisters are, you know, stuck in a place because they want to be there? No, they need people like you that obviously know more, so-called. They need people like you to reach out and, and empower them. Not belittle, but empower. And I find it interesting that I brought up belittle because, um... I have had issues with uh, addiction, homelessness. Like, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about the comment that man made. And one day I got off work and I was at the bus stop and it was a homeless man. And I didn't know what he, what he was doing at first. So I was minding my business. But um, I saw this mean man helping him, so-called. Talking about, come here, put your shoes on. I'll be here later. You know, talking to him like he anything because he's homeless. So I'm looking over there. I said, wait a minute. I don't have no money on me, but I know I have food. I'm a fat girl. I got food in my bag. So I go in my bag. I gave the man some noodles. I prayed for him in my head. I didn't need to put that on blast, but I knew I did it in my heart. And then I gave the guy like some popcorn. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but if you know a person that's facing homelessness or is homeless and they're living a nomadic lifestyle, Places like 7-Eleven will allow them to warm their food up. And most, most of the people that live a nomadic lifestyle, they have an EBT card, so they're able to purchase, you know, things like ramen noodles, popcorn, you know, microwavable foods. So I gave it to him, and I, I didn't feel any way about it because I'm like, hey, I, I know he can use this. He can, and I'm getting ready to enlighten him on where he can warm it up at. And the guy said, excuse me, miss, I'm not trying to be funny, but where is he going to warm this up at? You know, I, I, I cussed that man out. I'm not going to lie. I did. I cussed him out. Let me tell you why I cussed him out. I cussed him out because I wanted him to know, one, mind your business. Two, I'm trying to help. I don't have anything. Three, I said, if you must know, his situation is something I've conquered. It was an affliction of mine. So now that I'm in a position where I'm looking at myself in that circumstance, why would I not want to reach back? God had just pulled me through that. Why would I overlook this guy? I said, no offense, sir, Hi. but you were like super disrespectful. <laughs> and you were, you know, making fun of this guy. What, what, what did you do better? What can he do with that? So after I finished mopping the floor with this guy, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's looking stupid, as you should. Because we have a terrible habit, once again, of just judging. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know this band. For all we know, this man could have had it going on a year ago, two years ago. And when life smack you, when them demons come home to, to, to roost, it's no telling how we will respond. We're still humans, people. We don't have it together like we think. So I'm just really turned off that um, people sometimes... Instead of, like, having that heart, using that heart to get back to themselves so they can get back to their gifts, they're so fixated on being right 
and doing what the world says is right that we forget it's people out here we got to save and we're going to be in a position one day where we need saving and I think through the years I've been a hypocrite because when I think of saving you automatically assume it's the person that's homeless the person that's addicted to something the person that's openly fighting a battle but we have some people in our lives that are fighting silent battles and maybe now and then every now and then we get exposed to their battle and it it irritates us it frustrates us because we don't feel like it's right because we have to we end up in a way having to pay for our loved ones battles so I was um up this morning thinking like or talking to God, I was like, God, why is this bothering me so bad? I said, this is like years and years old. What is this? I'm over it. And I remember God speaking to me like he has all the time about this situation and basically saying, you're not healing from it because you don't do what I asked you to do with it. And God basically said, I need you to heal this person. I'm like, what? Why? Me? No, it doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm a sinner. More importantly, this person knows I'm not perfect. Why would you ever have me go to this person? It doesn't make sense. Well, God has ingrained in us the tools to help. It's the India Ari song that I love called The Truth. And she says in the song, the line of the song, when she says, you know the truth by the way it feels. So you can have a crackhead walk up to you and speak a word over your life that the businessman can't because it's the truth. And it's going to hit you and resonate in ways, you know, other people are not going to be able to reach you. And he deliberately sent the crackhead, I'm sorry, not the crackhead, but the person fighting social abuse. Because um, God wants to see how you hearken to that voice. When it sounds out of the, out of the norm, when it's, when it's bizarre, but yet it hits you. He wants to see how you respond. Because God works in a serious way. So he wants to see how you respond. And he gave you a bizarre command. And that's what I realized through this journey. Like, you know, like I said, I titled it Running because God has always been in my corner. I just always have run from him because some of the commands he's given me through the years, I mean, some commands I have, you know, um, obliged. I've, I've done it. And then other things I'm like, oh, God, God, what, what, what would people say? You know, I, I have said that to myself and I've paid the price. I've been following these commands, like, like I said, through setbacks, through delays, through um, frustration, um, not being content. I've, I've felt the wrath of not doing what I've been asked to do. Um, and, you know, I'm at a point where the running, you know, my, my knees are finally giving out. I'm getting a little tired. So I'm forced to figure out what I've been running from. And I think a lot of us anointed people, we're running from the full spectrum of our calling. We know that once we start walking in our higher selves, first of all, we're losing everybody. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. hate to tell you that. I'm confirming what you already know. We're going to lose everyone. It's going to suck. It's going to rock the book. Because we are literally going to be... Speaking the commands of the Heavenly Father. And they're going to be bizarre. And they're going to talk about self-persecution. And persecution for us all. And people are not going to hear that. They're not going to want to hear that. Just like we didn't want to hear it. 
when we were doing whatever we were doing. Because I know I didn't. But God would show me myself, or like I said, give me these commands. I didn't want to hear it. Like, I remember when, I think the loudest command I ever got from God is when God told me to pack my bags. And I knew it was God, and I knew it was real. It's just that I was so comfortable in the dysfunction. I kind of was argumentative with God. He said, pack your bags. And I said, pack my bag? I said, and go where? <laughs> I remember that. There was so much um, confusion in my household because um, I'm going to be a little telling on this segment. So there was a lot of spiritual warfare in my house. Okay. Um, when I was a teenager, like I said, I had got baptized at 13. So I was just feeding into what the spirit told me to do. Spirit told me to get baptized February 22nd, 2008. I did it. I ain't think nothing of it. I honestly thought the battle was going to be sweet. I said, bet, I'm getting baptized. You know, things, you know, I, I just bought myself a green pass. Everything's going to be all good. I did not know what was ahead of me. I wish I had someone. When I think about it, my grandmother and my stepfather, they did warn me what was going to happen. They said, you know, you're going to be tested. But I didn't understand to what debts, right? And by me making the decision to get baptized, everything was smooth until the morning I was getting ready to get baptized. Me and my mother almost got into a fist fight. The morning I'm supposed to be getting baptized, y'all. I was so, to this day, I'm like in awe. What the heck was that, right? So this is my take on it. Almost, how many years has it been? Oh, wow, it's been 12 years. 12 years later, this is my take. Well, 11 years. 11 years later, this is my take on why that was. So the Bible tells us we wrestle against principalities. There's things we don't see that we're fighting against, right? I believe that having the gift is so intense and powerful that everybody wants to hurt you. Because they're being operated by something we can't see. And whatever can see what we have is so irritating and frustrating, it wants to kill us. Remember, Jesus had the gift of healing us all. And look at what they did to him. So, I'm not saying this to discourage anyone that has the gift or scare anyone. But I kind of just want to tell you guys to brace yourself for what this means. Like, it's an experience. It's fulfilling. It's rewarding. Like I said, being able to talk on this podcast and get out what's deep in my heart, what's truly in my heart, is a relief. But I've got to say, it's it's going to be a crazy ride because your family and your friends are going to be the first people to mock you. They're going to laugh at you. Like, hands down. Like I have had friends mock me, and they do it in such a subtle way. So cute. They have mocked me, and it's so painful because I always try to play like I don't hear it. I hear it though. <laughs> I hear it. This sinner hears it all, okay? And it, it sometimes deep down it wants to bring me to tears because I mean it. I know I mean it. And I know it's bizarre. I know you've never heard of this. I know you're wondering what kind of hocus pocus stuff I'm on. I know these things. Because guess what? 
I say this to God every day. I'm like, God, what, 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 what? You want me to do what, God? God, these people going to laugh at me. I always say that. Or I'm like, God, mm, you, you know what's about to happen to me because you told me to do that? And God is honestly annoyed. It's like the story with Moses. When God told Moses to do what he needed to do, and Moses was like, can't you get somebody else? That's how I feel sometimes. Because it's, it's so much required of us, y'all. Like, yes, we're going to go through a learning curve. We're going to make mistakes. And I think that's why people mock us the most. Because we pledge to walk. We talk about it openly. And then when we make mistakes, you know, they're like, oh, well, there's ammunition. I knew she wasn't this way. I knew he wasn't this way. And I think that's another attack from the enemy to see how serious you are. And I say take it with pride, right? Right? I say take it with pride. Let me tell you why. Because God, just like Satan is watching, God is watching. God is looking to see who's willing to be humble enough to be broken down and brought back up in his name. You didn't know, you didn't know. God said, it's, you, know, you know, he's here for you. Don't lose sight of him, though. Don't let a few people laughing at you stumble. Deter you from a lifelong reward of happiness and self-security and, and strength and courage and wisdom and love and joy and all great things that are promised to us if we listen to him. Don't let that just deter you. Because I know for a long time, you know, I used to always talk about, oh, I hate being embarrassed. If I'm embarrassed, I will shut down. Just speaking these curses over my life and it's gotten me nowhere. Like I said, I've had some triumphs, but I know in my heart I could have been doing way better had I just listened. Like God was there the whole time. Any mistake, any stumble you witnessed that I made, it is not because God is not here. It's every result of me disobedient, me wanting to take people along with me, me not wanting to take care of myself. Like I said before, people, because I know I thought it was cute. People think it's cute to neglect their needs. They think that's so cute or honorable. It is so trash to sit there and not take care of yourself. It is a major cop out. It's a scapegoat and you're a liar. You're sitting here taking care of all these other people like, oh, I just love people. No, you hate yourself and you'll do anything you got to do so you don't deal with yourself. It's the truth, guys, because I, I, I've gone through the same. I used to bend over backwards, like between me and you guys, I've emptied my account out helping people. And it's not to say to get an applause. I do not care about applause. Applauses have never done anything for me. It's still, I still had a void. I emptied my account because I would always say to myself, the person needs me. No, the person don't need you. You need you, but you don't feel like you're worthy, Jazz, so you'll go out of your way for the next person. That's what it really was. And when I finally started having to pull on those tender spots, oh my God, it drove me insane and then it makes sense. This is why I've never wanted to sit alone and talk to God. Because God was going to make me talk about everything I packed away. And I, and I said, you know what, if I tune out God, I'll never have to do anything he asked me to do. God is our father. So it's just like when your dad says, listen, you want to go to this concert? Well, if you clean your room, cut the grass, babysit your brother and get good grades, I will pay for it. Right? All you have to do is just show up, but you need to do those things I asked you. Well, we want what we want, right? So we do a little bit of work. We like, dad, I'll clean the fridge. And dad, because he loves us, he's like, oh, well, 
you know, I'll, I'll let her <laughs> do a little something, but I can't give her the tickets to the concert because I told her to watch her brother. I told her to do all these other things, and she's doing half behind the work. You know what? Honestly, I don't know if she's worthy of these tickets because she's not being obedient. I gave her or him a blueprint on how to get to their, their higher self to be like me, and they're doing it how they want to do it. And it's, it's a scary feeling. Like, it's a scary feeling when your breakthrough's there, right? It's like a step away. But all of those demons from the past are right there. And again, they're not standing in your face looking how they're looking. They're hiding behind things we've gone through. Things we have gone through, guys. Things that have troubled us. Things that have troubled us the most. Like for me, I'm literally freaking out at the thought of sharing this with y'all. But I know it's needed. Lord help me. Just the thought that I have to admit to people that truly bearing my soul like this is scary. It makes me feel powerless. It makes me feel nervous, scared, naked, raw, ashamed, low, weak. Giving over that power to God sometimes is so scary because I'm so controlling and I'm so prideful. And to have to give it over because it's God. Like I have no choice. It's scary. Because what I've basically admitted to you just now is I have spent years trying to be my own God. I've been self-serving. And I've tried to avenge myself. And it can't happen that way. I'm just a measly human. Just like you're a measly human. You're still gifted. God loves you. But you're just, you're just a human, guys. You don't have those capabilities. You can never be God. You could, even in all your great things, your volunteering, you can never be God. So it's, it, it's really nerve-wracking. It's scary, like I said, because sometimes I don't want to do it. Sometimes I don't want to do it because, not even because of what people are going to say, but because what I would have to do, like just now, like let me know what you think about this. The people that I know are going to get it. Just now, as I'm telling you what I'm going through, in this journey, I almost had the craziest panic attack. And I already know why. Because we're getting to a breakthrough, guys. This is what this is what it is for us. It's so much work because we're hearing things that are so out of this world, it's scary. It doesn't even feel real. Like the, the more and more we dig deep to bear our soul, the closer we get to God. Like the we feel the warmth, we feel the empowerment, we feel all of those things, the, the greatness, the joy, we know he's real through confession, through words. And we run because nobody ever coached us on what this experience would be like. Everybody told us, read your Bible when you go to church. God is there. They didn't tell you that God shows up when he feels like it. They, they, they just make it seem like God's just, and he is there, but they make it seem like God is just this, 
fairy tale bubblegum, you know, uh, entity that um is always soft. God is not always soft. When He wants you to move, He nudges you. He shakes you up. God is not. Guys, stop making it like God is soft. He is not. They don't tell you that the enemy is the one that's really soft. But they glamorize the enemy, I feel like, sometimes. They give him so much power. When we have the power, and the reality is some of our pain, our greatest affliction is through our disobedience and our inability to accept who we are. They put too much emphasis on the wrong things. And I think that's why we're all screwed in the head at times because we're fixated on the wrong things. I know for me, like I said, I'm not sure if it's the same for you. This journey, you know, it's it, it just it just it's not for the weak. That's why it's only for the gifted. This journey, <laughs> I mean, imagine being shy, right? An introvert. We joke about it all the time. What what, what do introverts want to do? They want to go home and chill, okay? And imagine being an introvert. And something from out of this world. And you know it's from out of this world because you've, you've never heard nothing like it. But at the same time, it's familiar. It's like you, you know it knows you. So you know who it is. And it says, go outside right now and do bold things. And you're like, what? And you know deep down, I, I, I got I to gotta do some work because this voice knows me. And obviously it knows my, my demon, my affliction. I got to get out here and work because... I, what? How did he call me out? How did he know who's watching me? You know, it's not a human. And you know this voice on the inside that's calling on you, it has your best interest because it's asking you to face your fear. And why would it ask you to face your fear by yourself? It's asking you to face your fear because he's there. People get mad when God, you know, breaks them down. When they go through triumph, whether it's the loss of a child, loss of a loved one, um, financial loss, um, housing, losing housing, whatever, whatever worldly afflictions we face, right? When we face these things, we automatically assume God wants me to suffer. He doesn't take delight in the death of anything. God does not take delight in seeing you suffer. However, God will get your attention when you're disobedient, as he has to me. I've lost the place. And I remember God being kind enough to, to, to inform me, you know, you're going to lose your place today. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to I'm gonna make a payment, you know. I got a plan going. And I still lost my place. And I was sad, but I wasn't distraught because I said, God has me. I feel it. He's here. And right after that, I remember feeling relieved because I didn't have to face the daily reminder that I was in deep debt. All of a sudden, God started making a way for me. Like, he's always have. Like, just his works alone is proof that he's always been there for me. I had bad credit. God made it so someone approved me for an apartment. Not just any apartment, but a renovated apartment. A, a gorgeous apartment. Um, you know, I didn't get to get, graduate. God always made it so that I had uh, an ability to get jobs. Like, I, I can literally... <laughs> like, I, it's been times where I've quit a job Friday on a whim... And, and has something by next week sooner sometimes like God has always set me up shop and what happens is sometimes we pick ourselves apart to please man because they don't understand it they're not they're not 
they didn't have the experience. So we're, we're, we're having to reduce God and his power in ourselves to accommodate man. That is a no-no. And anybody in your life that would ask you to reduce yourself for them, they got to go. You, you, and you know what the problem is before you roll? Because that's, that's what I do. I roll out. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I have to tell you nothing. I just straight stop talking. Because I feel like I've talked enough, right? But that's where we're wrong at. That's, the, that's, the, that's where the running aspect comes in. When someone violates you like that, in private, you got to talk to that person. Excuse me. Um, I notice a pattern. Every time I experience a triumph, despite my shortcomings, you have a problem with it. I would ask them, you are aware I have shortcomings, right? Oh, yeah, 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 as we all do. Right, as we all do. But yet, you seem to want to highlight and dwell on them when things work out for me. Can you explain yourself? And I hear what they have to say. And they usually end up confessing to me the truth. I just don't understand why you. I just don't understand how you were able to do this. I'm not able to do this within myself. And see me, <laughs> once I hear that, I typically get angry and I don't want to deal with you no more. When in fact, what I should have done was speak the word with them and work with it together. We should have been able to work together. And that's why God has had me repeat the same lesson because I've been unwilling to teach. And that is the great portion of our job description when we think about the word of God. We have to teach. And sometimes we're not always in the mood to teach. I get it because the hurt be so deep. It's, it's like a teacher who goes in with the right intentions. They, she wants to empower people, right? Little kids, big kids, grown adults. She wants to empower people. And throughout her journey teaching, she gets disempowered because her people refuse to hear her words. They, they talk when she's talking. They overlook her. They, you know, I've seen children sometimes in the classroom discredit, uh, you know, teachers that have gone to school for a long time and amazing um, credentials. I've seen teachers break down crying in my class. You know why? Because their heart was in the right place and they feel like they're getting stomped on. And that's what this journey is like. You know, um, I wish I could tell you guys that it was all peaches and cream and Every day, you you know, you walk up the house, God put a million in your hand. Then he had a Rolls Royce and he drove you up to, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not this journey. Your job is to save souls, guys. So you have, you, you, it's not always a glamorous process because people's souls are at stake. It's greater than money. It's greater than housing. It's greater than any worldly possession. Your soul it's, it's greater than your body. It's, it's, it's what you'll have when this world is over. When you take your last, last breath, you have your soul. And if you sold your soul by hearkening into the wrong voice, you'll never get it back. And not only that, you will not have control because your soul belongs to God. Who you, like, like, come on. Like, I don't, I, th this is one thing, I'm not judging, but this is one thing I've always struggled with. Even if you have not been a witness, how in the world do you think you got here? A stork? Like, seriously, if something was strong enough, wise enough, creative enough, amazing enough to make me, I have a hard time trying to um, 
you know, discredited or in the least bit knock it down. It made me. It made my mom. It made my dad. This thing is so great. It made the world. It controls the weather. It controls the wind. That's how great this thing is. And I have the audacity because I haven't experienced it yet. I, I don't, I don't self-examine myself, but I knock it down from my humanly, worldly little eyes. We're out of pocket. And the reason why we're experiencing blockage, delay, setback, not being content, unhappy, depression, all these things. Because God, we can only truly function and run under his thumb. I hope I conveyed this to you well. Um, this is where I'm at right now in my walk. I'm understanding that it's all or nothing. I have no choice but to give in. And I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I know I have to because I've grown tired. Um, the woman in me, that the woman that God is, you know, I asked God, uh, the middle of the summer, I said, God, break me down and build me up. Break me down. I said it so much that I think I want to say stop <laughs> because he's breaking me down. He's making me face the things I just did not want to face. Things that I had suppressed. Things that in my worldly mind I tucked away so good that as he's pulling it out, I'm like, God, what? What? How do you remember that? Because it, only God can do that. And then I know it's God because it's through his conviction. That's his love. It's like a like a father to a child. When a child is out of bounds, a father with love is going to correct his son. You're going to get that lecture from your father because he loves you. And, you know, God is really wearing me out about some errors I've made. And he's like to me, you know, Jasmine, you could have been done with this, but, but you refuse to do it. And I'm like, God, you know how I get with people I love. You know how hard it is for me to talk to people I love. I know that's strange, right? So a little funny story about me. To a stranger, a stranger doesn't have the power to move me. Um, a person that, you know, is an acquaintance to me, they don't have the power to move me. I don't, I don't take, they can say something like, Jasmine, you are the stupidest, craziest person I ever met. Disappear. And I would say, I respect your space. Because I don't have, you, you hold no power. It's, it, it's evident to me, we don't have anything. I'm unable to offer you anything. I respect you, you know, I don't, that does not move me. However, people that I love on a deeper spectrum, if it is not my grandma or my baby sister, it is very difficult for me to speak to these people. Why? Because more than likely, these people are singing songs to that unhealed aspect of Jasmine. And by them singing those little songs to Jasmine, Jasmine's in a trance. She, she, she falls into the six-year-old mindset that she must do what she's asked to do to please. She doesn't want to make any mistakes. She doesn't want to screw things up. So she's trying to do things right. And God had me, you know, spill out this year that I still feel like that little unhealed six-year-old. And then God began to take me on a journey on how to heal the six-year-old. Well, he's like, the only way you can hear the six-year-old is if you abandon the six-year-old nature. I said, what, what, what is six-year-old about me? I said, the fact that I like to laugh, 
God is like, no, that's not, that's not it. He's like, your inability to deal. When you were six, you didn't know how to deal. So what did you do? Well, when I was six, I would sing. A lot of y'all that know me know that I have an infatuation with music, especially 90s R&B. That was my scapegoat at six, was 90s R&B. That's why I'm obsessed with it to this day, because it was a scapegoat. It was a way for me to hide how I truly felt. It was, it was a way for me to ignore God. And God has taken the sweetness of those things, like the music, the dancing, the being on the phone with friends and family for hours. He's taken the joy from those things to get me to come back to him he's so loud now he's removing all distraction now at this point god is screaming at me he said jasmine deal with it and i'm like no because i'm gonna be upset and fall out and cry he said that's what i want god wants the ugly he's he said cast all your cares and worry we don't want to give it to him because that is our only us holding on to the pain it's like, it's like a war wound. You know how pe the vets come back to America or wherever and they're proud to tell you that they have had some type of suffrage, you know, in honor of um, fighting and being a good soldier. It's almost like us from a worldly aspect. We want to hold on to our hurt and our pain because it's like a war wound. It's our way of saying, hey, I went through something. Guess what? It didn't kill me. But God's like, listen, yeah, it didn't kill you, but that's because I was here. Where was I acknowledging that? And God's like, you know, and, and even through that, you didn't call on me. You didn't give me any props. You didn't acknowledge me. You're out of bounds. Like, you got through that because I got you through it. And I need you to apply that to other aspects so you can help other people. You're out of bounds. We run. We don't want to show that ugly. The ugly is the, the, the ugly crying with the snot coming out our nose. The stomping around, the falling out. I remember, um, I'm going to keep it real. The person that really has my heart like that is obviously my mom. I'm on the verge of tears even talking about this. But I remember one time I was so fed up with my mom not hearing me that I fell in the floor. I, I think I, I was like a, this is like a day before my 18th birthday. I was so fed up with my mom not hearing me that I fell in the floor and I kicked and screamed and cried like a baby. And that cry was so good. I slept so good. Because it's all, what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to fall out, cry, and my mom pick me up. And give me the space to be the child. Give me the space to be the grasshopper, the apprentice, and her being the teacher. I've always wanted that. But I didn't get that. So it, it left a lot of resentment. And it caused me to check out because I worshipped my mom. I, I worshipped the, the relationship I had with her to the point where when God was coming and talk to me, even at six. You know, the Bible said if you have ears to hear, you're going to hear them. So I heard them early. And I remember thinking like, no, like my mommy's supposed to talk to me. As such, I was headstrong and prideful as a child, y'all. Like, like, if you see me today and you're like, why did she get like this? Listen, guys, I've been like, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You can ask my grandmother. I was just, <laughs> I was um, telling my grandma, I was asking her, does she remember when I was little? And if I couldn't get my way, I would give people the silent treatment. And then when they wouldn't pay me no mind, I would be like, hey, just love me or just talk to me. That's how... <laughs> 
that that that's how I've always been. Just headstrong, determined to uh, fight for a cause and stand on my own word. I've always been like that, and it, it caused pain because God, you know, God's looking at me like I've spoken to you early. You know who I am. You know what I can do, and you still chose. Like I could have, I could have had amazing work in your life, but you didn't want to deal with me. So I made you pay early. Like I, I learned early. Like I remember. My very first experience, I guess I can use two incidents. This one's going to be a pretty long podcast, but so what, guys? This is spiritual nourishment. It's going to be long sometimes, but my first experience of God needing me to heal someone, I used to get bullied in class by um, this, this girl, a little girl named Ebony. Shout out to Ebony. Ebony and I are so cool now, but... As a kid, you don't understand why somebody's picking on you, especially when you're as sensitive as, as I was. So, the little girl's picking on me, and I and I, my heart was so pure at the time that I would be like, I her. Like, I didn't even have the hatred I developed over the years where somebody did that to me. I'd be like, I'm going to F her up. You know, I'm going to see her outside. You know, I, I didn't do none of that then. So, years later... We meet again in third grade, and I'm like, oh, God, that's Ebony. I wonder what's going to happen. And she embraced me. And I remember um, just being myself, and she would laugh. And once I figured out what her poison was, and I was making her laugh, I kept doing it every day. I would deliberately do things to make her laugh, and just seeing a smile on her face meant the world. And this was somebody that caused me pain, you know? But just still seeing her smile made me so happy and that's when I started to learn early that okay I have a gift I can I can help people I heal people so then in first grade I met a gentleman I don't want to use his name out of respect and um he used to bully me and it was so bad that it it, it started to get to me because it was daily it was daily torment and I remember thinking like I don't know what's going on like I'm not happy I'm not excited anymore you know I'm losing myself I I remember um seeing that at an early age and I know that's because at that time I wasn't entertaining God whereas with the young lady I remember at least I would check in with God when I was alone in the house God would speak and I would sometimes say stuff back but not this time around and I remember getting so dull and just so numb. And then finally, you know, the little boy, he warmed up to me. And I think it's because I started back praying again. My grandmother came back to live with us. And once I started praying again, the little boy, he started warming up to me. And we were cool. I hadn't seen him in years. And one day I was on the bus having the roughest day of my life. And I saw him. And I said, hey, wait, are you so-and-so? He says, oh, my God, I remember you. How are you? And um, we exchanged, I think, Facebook at the time and we recently had a conversation and he revealed to me he was troubled with some things and we talked about it and I told him if he needed anything he could call me and it was so empowering for me to not let that sit over my head to make amends and gain a new friend it proved to me my heart was not dark it wasn't jaded. And it meant the world to me. And I'm saying it to say, like, that is our gift. 
without a shadow of a doubt, I know that's our goal. We have to be out here saving souls through the things we personally experience. Because those are the things we're going to have a heart for, understanding for, compassion for. And we're going to be able to explain better than the person going through it. You ever met a person who went through something you went through? And when they started talking about it, it's like they were um, filling in the blanks. God sent that person just for you. That person came to you on purpose. They knew your pain on purpose because they were, you know, put on this earth on purpose to help people like you. And it's nothing to be ashamed of or feel bad about. It's okay to be so favored by God that he has personal escorts that will come to you through every affliction, life, hardship, even happiness, and even in death. You know, God is going to have people, guardian angels around you to ward off those demons. They're never going to win. So, as always, after talking to you guys, I feel super empowered. And life is worth living again. Talking to my brothers and sisters and honoring God. Because, honestly, without doing this, that's why I'm always putting out a podcast. Because I don't have no reason. (laughs) Other than my kids and God... What, what other reason do I have but to spread love and joy and to try to build myself up because I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress, like, for real, like, for real. And, I, and I'm hoping God empowers me to be so transparent. And not only does it shake you and scare you, but it just forces you to be as transparent and um, listen to your heart and, you know, come to God so we can all work together like I can't wait to see I have a feeling God is going to bring some great people in my life to this podcast not necessarily for money but just as friends I'm so excited like I know he's going to bring me some people that are going to um, nourish my spirit I'm so excited and it's been a, it's been a long time coming but I'm feeling encouraged these days I still have some tough times but I'm really excited that God is helping me create a space for the things I want by having me face those fears. That, that's the whole point. He's trying to make you make space. So that way, when you go to do something that you're afraid to do, you don't give it so much energy like you used to. Like, say if you're a singer and you got you, you knew good and daggone well you had a show. And now that you're one person away, you talking about, oh, when I was five and I got on stage, I peed myself. Girl, it's not the time. Like, you one person away. You should have already dealt with that. Here's the biggest moment. And it can really go sour. If you let that incident from so long ago ruin it. Like, I've, I've had to experience loss because of not dealing with demons. Like, y'all, like, oh, my goodness. Like, please hear me and take me with a grain of salt. And don't do what I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do it many other people before you have done. And just make foolish mistakes because they want to have, you know, think they have all the daggone sense. Nobody has the day, all the daggone sense. At this point in time, I'm tired. I'm a few steps away from the house. So let me know what you think. How many of you run from your gift? You know you have the gift to do whatever, but you're scared because you just feel like people are going to talk about you. Well, guess what? People talk about you all the time. Talk about your wig, talk about your clothes. How about your car? Hello, what you don't have. So, 
Might as well do it. I mean, either that or God will kill tail in front of everybody every day. I know I'm getting sick of it. It's okay. Let me know what you think. Um, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Have a good one.